0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe.
0: On this week's episode of Damsels in the DMs,
1: I'm going to so many bachelorette parties and weddings this year, and it's so frustrating to be spending all this money on people getting married when I can't find anyone. How can I cultivate a real happiness for my friends as they embark on such a special time in their life as I really don't want to be a negative Nancy? Also, is it worth it to bring the people I'm meeting on dating apps to these weddings? Or is that taking a step forward too quickly, especially if I'm not super into any of them?
0: This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255.
1: There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> tell us what's the, vibe. Uh-huh. what's the vibe. There's some damsels in the DM. D-M? Uh-huh. In the- hey, uh-huh. Please tell us what's the vibe. What's the vibe? DMs, DMs. Uh-huh. Yeah, we see them. Yeah, we read them. DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah.
0: It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 3 of Damsels in the DMs. We missed you so much. I can personally say I have had no life since we last spoke. Just been eagerly waiting to get back to your DMs.
2: There is a lot going on in the world right now with Ukraine and Russia. So we hope that you guys are safe. And, you know, if you need anything, you want to talk to us about it, please come to us and we can talk more about it. But this episode is actually really exciting because we had the chance to talk to Lindsay metzellar who is the creator of we met at acne podcast it's a successful dating podcast which she started when she was single and now she just got married a month ago and just got back from her honeymoon it's a good episode
1: it's a great episode especially you know if you uh, have any friends who might be dealing with sobriety issues Or if you are a big fan of astrology, this episode is definitely for you.
0: Lindsay has been such an inspiration to me in the podcasting community. I felt like when we were starting a dating podcast, like she is one of the originals, like really started, I feel like the movement of dating podcasts um, and has been so inspiring with all of her rules around dating and also just like so much food for thought um, when we started our own podcasts. And it's really exciting to have her on. It feels like such a milestone. Also, um, just thinking about the title, We Met at ACME, she was the first person who made me even want to go to ACME and be excited about Brian moving to New York. So <laughs> this is just like such an exciting moment for us, and I'm so excited to share it with you all. Let's get into it. Today, we have the pleasure of being here with Lindsay Metzeler, the host of We Met at ACME. Hello, Lindsay. Hey, guys. Thank Hello. you for having me. Of course. We're on? so oh, excited God. to have you. Oh, Yeah. Okay, so just to get into it, we want to hear a little bit about you, why you decided to start We Met at Acme, and how it became what it is today.
3: So my name is Lindsay Metzler. I am from New York City. I'm 31 years old, and We Met at Acme began because I was dumped on my 27th birthday by a piece of shit loser, and... (laughs) I was like, dating is hard. And like, I thought it was easy, but it's hard. It sucks. And so I invited one of my friends over and he and I had a conversation about dating and just how hard it's been for both of us. And we recorded it and we aired it as a podcast. And we did not think anyone would listen. We didn't even know what we were doing. I think we did it on like SoundCloud and then somehow use we used one of those like stock photos for for went at acme it was like i
0: listened i went back and listened to the very first one and it's just amazing to hear like the difference in quality of audio
3: oh my god it's so bad and the funniest part is that we had actually hired someone to do the audio and like it still sounded like that so it was it was embarrassing um and then from there it just became like, you know, me talking with all sorts of people about dating and their experiences. And we ended up getting a little bit more professionals on or, you know, people with a following. And and um, basically, I just love interrogating people about their dating lives.
1: Do you see the content shifting now that you are married? And while you were talking about dating, are you going to talk about more marriage-related topics? or?
3: I think that when you're married, you're still dating, um, because you're dating your partner. So it's pretty much like more or less the same as before. And I still intend to like have people on the podcast who are single in relationships and all kinds of stages of of their relationship life. So I hope that it doesn't change too much in terms of that. But I'm definitely going to be and continue to be transparent about my own, you know, marriage and things like that. (laughs)
2: Speaking of marriage, Lindsay just got married a month ago, got back from her honeymoon a couple weeks ago. How did you meet your husband and how has it changed? I mean, I know you touched on it a little bit from being boyfriend and girlfriend to now actually having this responsibility of being
3: husband and wife. So we met, he went to high school with one of my best friends from college Mm. and we had met like here and there, but just like exchanged pleasantries and then ran into each other right two and a half months before the pandemic hit
2: oh wow
3: so we got very lucky that we ran into each other and we were able to reconnect and then the difference I would say and like I feel like if you if you're someone with like anxious attachment like you'll understand this a lot it's like um and like I'm I'm not necessarily but I have like my attachment styles have changed throughout the years right like going for guys who suck It's like, you never have a lot of security in your relationship. Being married, especially to someone really amazing, it makes you finally like take a deep breath and relax and not feel like anxiety about like the relationship part of your life. You kind of just like close a chapter and can focus on like your work and your friends and other things. And so I would say like for people who was like, who are like, Oh, like being married changes, nothing like that is a big change, that part of it.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. just that security. And I, I am for the most part anxious, I have an anxious attachment. But I think it definitely changes based on who I'm dating. And I think when you do find your person, you know, no one that is into you, and that really likes you and wants to grow with like build a relationship with you and grow with you will ever make you feel anxious about where this relationship's going or what are we to each other, or just like make you question everything daily, uh, which I, all my relationships uh, every day, I wake up not knowing what's happening. So that's really great that you were able to find that, you know, someone that's secure and yeah, that changes a lot when you're single and in a relationship to being married. Um, but you are a pandemic relationship.
3: We kind of were. I mean, we had like two and a half good months or Uh two good months and a half um, and like out in the world. And then it was just like, you know, the bulk of our relationship was in a pandemic, which is so crazy because I, you know, if you listen to my podcast, you know, like I have all these rules when it comes to dating and I wasn't able to carry out a lot of my own rules because of the pandemic. And so obviously I would never tell someone who listens to my podcast to like move in with someone after four months. But when a pandemic hits, like you don't really have a choice. Like when the way that it was in March, 2020, like we were so scared. We had no idea what was going on. We all felt like we couldn't leave the person that we had been with when this shit went down, you know,
0: especially in New York
3: city. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you if you felt like there was anything that you learned from interviewing so many people about their dating lives that you applied to dating your husband, like and moving forward in your relationship to now being married.
3: So much like I feel like I love therapy and I'm in therapy. Yes, but nothing could have prepared me. For my relationship better than all of the interviews that I've done over the past (laughs) two and a half years. Like I have, I'm such like a sponge like that. Like I've stolen like every tidbit of good advice and just like absorbed it. And I'm like, I need to apply this. (laughs) There's so much, but but the ones that stick out, one was like, um, you can't just like your partner. You also have to want to be like your partner. Mm -hmm. And that one I really was struggling with because I'd only ever chosen partners in the past who were so different than me, Mm -hmm. who I didn't want to be like. And then another one was that like, you've just set your partner up to win. Like that's what you want to set them up to win. And so like a good example of that is like when you're going to visit your parents for the first time, you're going to meet your parents, introduce them to your partner. And like, they don't bring anything. And you're like, they didn't bring anything. Is that a red flag? And it's like, no, it's a red flag for you not to have told them. Right. Yeah. They something you know, like you got to have your partner's back, and like mm. then they'll learn from then on. Or like flowers, like girls get so upset about not getting flowers on like random flowers or this flowers. It's like, have you ever said you want flowers? Oh like, I give them, this, yeah. throw them a bone, <laughs> throw them a bone, and then after, if you know, if they don't react, like if if they still don't send you flowers, then it's a problem. But like, set them up for for winning.
0: I get emails from Levain and I forward them to him <laughs> like when they're the cookie flavor or whatever. I'm like, so funny that this email just <laughs> happened in my inbox. <laughs> That's amazing. I
3: love Levain,
0: but I wanted to ask you, so the title we met at Acme, which by the way, made me want to go to Acme when my boyfriend moved to New York, why we met at Acme for those listening and who don't know
3: about Acme. So Acme itself is a bar in New York city, as you mentioned, and it, um, when I was single and dating, it was a really fun place to go out. And it's still really fun to go out. And I had met contenders at Acme. I never met anyone legitimate, like that I dated at Acme, but I was meeting contenders and it just sounded good to me. Like we met at Acme. I liked the idea of like we met because it felt to me like it represented dating and Acme was a cool place. And there wasn't a podcast that like had that name in it. And Acme, again, can be so many things to so many people. Like it's a grocery store. I was going to say that. Like it's like, it's like smooth fish. Like it's, it's like Looney Tunes. Like it could be anything that you want it to be. So I thought that was fun. Yeah.
0: Does anybody ask you if you met your husband at Acme now? like, are you disappointed? So
3: many times. <laughs> there were so many speeches at our wedding. That's like, they didn't it at ACME. But, you know.
2: We have to ask about the thank you texts that you are adamant on. Not sending your date a thank you text after a date. Can you please explain to our listeners why?
3: Yes. I, here's the thing. You said thank you on the date. If you didn't, like you're a sociopath (laughs) who said, thank you on the date. And now you can move forward and wait to see if they'd reach out to you. Um, and this applies to dating all sorts of people, you know, gay dating too. It's like the person who took you out on the date, the person who asked for the date, you thanked them on the date and then see if they reach out to you. If the person who initiated the date Sets the tone for like continuing to initiate another date. So when you reach out to be like, thank you again for my ten dollar beer, it's like first of all, kind of death, and second of all, like you you're interrupting their thought process of if they would have texted you on their own because you're like texting them and you're you're again, it could be an anxious thing or whatever it is. Like you're wanting that instant gratification from them instead of waiting to see if they would have you know had a good time and decided to text you
2: I used to do that on my dates until I listened to your episode on don't send them a thank you text and it's honestly like I'm not making this shit up it's changed the game like these guys are now reaching out to me more than they would have been if I had sent it's just, you know, I I feel like I have to be polite. And if someone's paid dinner for me, or, you know, taking me out, I have to just make sure that I send that other thank you. It's to anyone, you know, like to my friends or someone that I've taken a meeting with. And so now that I've stopped doing it, it's, it's honestly changed the game. These guys are reaching out, want to take me out on a second date, third date. And I haven't been, usually I like, I'm quick to respond and, you know, I'm very open. Now I've kind of been like, been mysterious and just been like yeah, yeah we'll see i'm not sure i'm just busy i've i'm busy now i'm just busy my whole life is even if i'm just sitting on the couch reading a book i'm
0: busy she's an elusive girl right now yeah and so I now it's that.
2: changing the game and i'm like why didn't i do this from the beginning I think that's
0: like so standard of women as well, like to profusely thank, like to over feel like you're indebted to somebody to apologize all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. I love the way you explain it because like off firsthand, when you just hear it, it's like, oh, like, why wouldn't you send a thank you text? Like, you know, saying thank you is nice. But when you explain it, I feel like it really does give that person who's not sending the thank you text the upper hand in the situation. And I also just love it because I think as women, we are... Too often thanking people, at least I know that I am, and too often apologizing for things.
3: Totally. And like, yeah, I mean, every everything that you said, and no need, no need for a thank you text.
1: Something else that I remember hearing on previous episodes on We Met at Acme is you've expounded upon your decision to stop drinking. And how has that been? I'm curious how that has affected either your social life or as well did it have an effect on how you celebrated your wedding
3: and particularly a bachelorette party yes yes Mm -hmm. so i i did decide to get sober and i'm so happy i did and it definitely affected a lot of facets of my life at first and then once people kind of got used to it and once i got used to it and comfortable about it it was just business as usual and um you know friendships that revolved around drinking or smoking kind of faded into the distance and like real friendships were like magnetized and that was great. And then for my wedding um, and for my bachelorette, like I don't drink, but like, I want my friends to get fucked up. I want my friends to like, have fun. Like I encourage if anything, like more than before, like, I'm like, <laughs> Oh, if you want Coke, like get Coke, like live your best <laughs> life. You know, like, I want to see you thriving. I want to see you fucked up because I'm not going to do that. You know, it's almost like, it's almost like, you know, I'm cheering them on. And for my wedding, like I was never, there was never a thought that it was going to be a dry wedding. Like I always wanted people drinking. I always wanted them to have fun. There were certain things that we had to modify. Like, you know, you drink from like a cup of wine at a Jewish wedding. And so we just put in like cranberry juice or, you know, there's a champagne toast. We just like kind of got rid of it.
0: And how does your husband feel about one, your dating podcast, particularly originally, and now like moving forward that you guys are married and also the decision to stop drinking?
3: He is so supportive. It is so amazing. I mean, he comes to all of my shows, all my events. He doesn't like to be the feature of mm. a lot of the things. Like we we had a show a few months ago and I like the guest that was supposed to come on fell through so he ended up being the guest and he did this as a solid for me but he was so not okay with it (laughs) yeah like he was like so not cool with it um like he was a good sport but he was like I don't want to do that again like it's just too much like (laughs) too many eyes on me um
2: how did did Brian feel about coming on our
3: Brian
0: was like I I don't want to be portrayed in a negative light like um just so you know like a lot of uh business people like really stalk your social media now and um I just want to be careful about what's out there I'm like we edit it it's all good Uh
3: yeah put you in a bad light totally no. but um otherwise he's really supportive how is how is Brian and Alejandro how's your partner about about you having a podcast
1: When we, when I told him that I was going to be joining the podcast, he was kind of like apprehensive, like, oh, what are you going to talk about? He wasn't ever like, don't talk about this or don't talk about that. Right, right. Kind of like unsure and uncertain, but, you know, super supportive as well. I mean, he was helping me iron my stuff for the first look that we were trying to do for Mm -hmm. our logo image and like took me to our shoot. So just really, really helpful. But it's been a cool process
0: brian is like i feel like the manager of my career honestly because he's in sales and he just like makes me do so many things that i would never do particularly in networking and the way that i present myself and just like reaching out to people and asking to get a coffee or just asking to like for the ability to pick their brain yeah always career related with him he's a capricorn Capricorn, yeah yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) actually is a good segue because we wanted to you talk about astrology you know a lot about astrology so how do you think it factors into dating and does it actually matter
3: so so no the short of it is that it doesn't matter we actually have a whole episode with an amazing astrologer who I love and his name is Colin and it's called why you should date a sign that you're not compatible with and the reason is because you There's so much more. There's so much more than just your sun sign. There's your moon sign, your Venus sign, your rising sign, all of the signs, and you can be very compatible with someone that you're not sun sign compatible with. So Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't really matter, but the rest of your chart like does, and it does play in.
1: How long? How long has this interest been existing for you? Like, I'm sure longer than you had the podcast.
3: I definitely got into it in college for sure. I my friend actually moved in for a semester and she brought that book that we were talking about the birthday book. And that was like my segue. All right, guys, before
2: we continue with the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about Noom. Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work towards goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habits. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at noom.com bleave Again, that's noom.com slash believe. B-L-E-A-V.
1: I don't know about you, but the winter weather definitely takes a toll on my skin. But luckily, when I'm looking for something to leave it feeling satin smooth, I always look to Whey Melrose Place Body Cream. It's fast absorbing, so it nourishes my skin when I need it most, and hydration prevents dryness like none other. High quality nourishing ingredients balance my skin without stripping it or leaving any unwanted residue. Experience the new Whey Melrose Place Body Cream and Body Cleanser. Your body, your way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com, that's com, and use code B-L-E-A-V for believe to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at theway.com, code BLEAV
0: just because like, you know, you're known for having all of these rules when it comes to dating, you do the four rules on social media. So I want to know why all the rules and then also why particularly sharing four rules on
3: social media? The rules are really just a guideline for, for women, especially who, but there are rules for men, um, for women who like date with a little bit of anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, Because the rules, you can fall back on them. And you can say, oh, I don't know how to act with this person. Give me a set of rules, and and I will follow it. And um, they really ease a lot of the pains of dating, because it's like, oh, what do I do? You know, there's, it's, it's like, you're asking your friends sometimes, and they're like, oh, just text him. And it's like the blind leading the blind. Whereas these rules are like, okay, I know what to do. And it's not to text it because I see it in the rules. And, and I think it just like, it makes people feel a little bit better about dating because they know what and what not to do. And the reason I do four things or like four reasons and, and all that stuff is um, just because people, especially people on TikTok, they have a very short attention span. Yeah. So if I'm just giving you four quick things, then hopefully you'll take it in. Um, because a lot of people don't have the time these days to sit and listen to a whole podcast. So that is like a little summary of things that I would talk about on a longer podcast.
0: When do you think it's okay to break the rules?
3: When you, uh, are confident in the, like your feelings, their feelings for you, most importantly. And I really say like, take what you want and like, you know you do whatever with the rest um there are some rules that people really love and some rules that people don't love and so like take what works for you and then when you're confident enough to do your own thing then that's when you do your own thing
0: yeah Yeah, I like what you said about how the rules are useful for people with anxiety. Because like I mentioned, I was a serial dater, I definitely feel like I found myself in my relationship and also like did all this work on myself once I had a serious relationship, but it was interesting because similar to the way you play rapid fire on your podcast, I play rapid fire with my friends where I just like ask them like pretty deep questions, like all the time. So one of the questions that I was asking Brian was like, favorite thing about me. And it was her smile, least favorite thing about me, uh, her anxiety. Um, and because like your partner is the person who bears the brunt of your anxiety more than anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's so useful like even applying your rules to people who are in relationships and long relationships like how can you handle that as you continue in this long-term relationship where you do just continue to spend so much time with your partner. Yeah.
3: Yeah, no, really, it's true.
1: I really like the flexibility that you allow other people to um absorb these four fast tips or whatever because I think sometimes we can get so caught up in oh well, I, I need to stick to these rules and like fully commit to all of what's being communicated but at the same time it's like we're all such different people that we have different ways of processing information and i think that that flexibility is so important to but what you said as far as like just pulling apart the pieces that are most useful to you and kind of releasing that which is not because yeah, no, nothing is ever set in stone. I mean, I think that's really important. And I really love that you said that.
2: Before Thank we you. get into the letter, I did want to go back to the um, to the not stop drinking part because I've been thinking about it for a while, but how has it changed your health and your, your mental health?
3: Yeah, it's changed it like astronomically. I feel like a lot of my anxiety came from drinking. It came from smoking mm-hmm. and not having those things, um, you know, needing those things to be happy needing to escape from myself and my own emotions um, even if they were positive even if they were negative negative. and now you know I wake up with so much energy I never wake up hungover I have so much time in my life to like dedicate to people I love and being of service to them and it's just a different it's a different life and and I feel like I'm so grateful for And I wouldn't have the things that I have in my sober life if I had not taken that leap. And it's like, there are so many gifts that I feel like I've gotten as a result of being sober. So it's really great. And I think ultimately just like the bottom line is just that I don't need anything to to live. And that's amazing. That's awesome.
0: And you were already sober when you started dating your husband, correct? Yeah,
3: it's so- crazy. He's
0: Yeah. Was Did dating change for you? Like how was dating sober?
3: Dating sober was like illuminating because I was like, oh, I really don't like this person (laughs) or like I really do. And if I liked someone when I was sober dating them, then I definitely liked them, you know? And so it was kind of like dating in high school again because like in high school, I mean, not everyone, but some people didn't do drugs or alcohol, you know? So it was like that high school feeling.
2: It's a faster weed out process because alcohol
0: definitely
3: yeah. blinds your judgment. One hundred percent,
0: and you don't have to be embarrassed about like anything you said or yeah. worried about anything because you know I
3: exactly, which is like a girl. huge, huge thing, or was yeah. a huge thing when I was when I was going on dates not sober.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: Cool. So should we segue into the letter that we have from a damsel?
1: Let's do it. All right. So we have. Dear damsels, I'm in my late 20s and all my friends have started to get married. I'm going to so many bachelorette parties and weddings this year, and it's so frustrating to be spending all this money on people getting married when I can't find anyone. How can I cultivate a real happiness for my friends as they embark on such a special time in their life as I really don't want to be a negative Nancy? Also, is it worth it to bring the people I'm meeting on dating apps to these weddings? Or is that taking a step forward too quickly, especially if I'm not super into any of them? I don't want to settle for just someone because I'm desperate to be in the same place as my friends. This sucks, LOL, please help me. Mm-hmm. Sincerely, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Sad. Damn.
3: <laughs> a lot to unpack there. I'm my initial thought about the second part is like go to weddings alone like that's the best time to meet people I feel like right yeah Yeah.
0: yeah especially because likely you have friends there so you have people to wingman you like right there totally yeah also it seemed like you had a pretty inexpensive bachelorette party you can correct me if I'm wrong there but I was wondering on the choice on that
3: I did. It wasn't intentional. Like, if it were up to me, we'd be going to Miami and balling out. But um, there was a short window and we didn't have that time to do that. I understand. Uh, So it ended up being pretty inexpensive. I understand the frustration about having to go to all these things and spend all this money. What I will say is, like, you don't have to go. Like, people Mm. will love you just as much. And so, firstly, like, you don't have to go um and then if you can go and like it's annoying to spend but you can if you really can it's just annoying then go because and enjoy every second of it it can be your vacation too you know like yeah that's I had to go to Mexico for a friend's bachelorette like a few months ago and I was like okay this is like Expensive, but I could also get like content, and like I can do, you know, like I made it into something that worked for me too. So there's mm-hmm. always like that silver lining. And then also, if you think towards like the future of what you would want for your bachelorette, like maybe you'd want to do that. So like, yeah, suck it up, yeah, and do this now, and then they'll do it for you later. Hopefully,
0: I went to a birthday party in Miami this past weekend. So it's really funny that you say that because. I had the best time, but it was expensive, but it made me feel like I really need to be prioritizing girls trips in my late twenties, because it just Mm. feels like Mm -hmm. as we continue on, we're not going to have this time with our friends anymore. And like, it was so precious to me to just be silly with my friends. And like, you know, we were jumping on couches, like talking weird voices, but like also going to the club and going on a boat, like but it was such a great experience that I feel like when I'm with my boyfriends, like I'm always with his friends. And I think it actually brings on more of my anxiety because then I'm worried about like, what did his friends think about me as opposed mm. to like with my friends, I'm not as worried about what they thought of me or like having embarrassed myself because they've all embarrassed themselves yeah. as well. <laughs> but also because like I'm waking up and they're right there so I can physically see like they do not hate me for anything that I did.
3: <laughs> totally. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah, girl time is underrated. Yes. Um,
0: So I feel like for this person, it's just so important that like you do think about that these experiences are not going to last forever. Like it is such a finite time that this period of time happens. And like, once your friends are married, that's it. Like they Mm -hmm. all move on with their lives. Then kids come into the picture. It's a lot harder to schedule these types of things. So I think, as you said, if you can financially afford it, then it's worth it to go because likely you will have a good time. I also think about what you said about having low expectations. Yeah. I love to keep my expectations for these types of things low because they're always exceeded. (laughs) And if you go in like with them too high, they're never met. Um, so for me, I feel like you should do it. I agree with you that go alone so that you have the potential of meeting people. And I think just try to like Think about the things that you're grateful for. I almost feel like before you do any of this, like you should make a list of 10 things that you're excited about doing or that you're happy about. Because I think that if you already have all of these pent up feelings around it, you're just going to go in with negative opinions on it.
2: I think, you know what? If you're going to go to this, if you're having these um, anxieties about going to a wedding alone, if you do have the privilege of getting a plus one from the couple, then- you know, if you don't stress out about taking a date, take one of your girlfriends, Mm -hmm. you know, take one of your guy friends and at least you'll have someone to, I know for me, I network better when I have someone familiar with me. Um, we just went to a networking event and I felt way more comfortable being with Lauren rather than being by myself. I just feel really awkward. Um, so take one of your friends. It's okay to, you know, enjoy and, and enjoy yourself. This is a time like if this is a close friend and you're being invited to their wedding, be happy for them. Yeah. You know, this, it, it's not a real friendship if you can't be happy for your friends. Um, And I've been single for a really long time. I have no jealousies about Lauren being in a relationship, Alejandra being in a relationship, all of my best friends. Everyone's in a relationship <laughs> but me, I'm pretty sure. And I'm okay <laughs> with that because I'm okay with myself and I love my friends. I want them to be happy.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think yeah, there's a glimmer agreed. of hope too because the letter writer does say I don't want to settle and that's really I think what we're all kind of so like, don't
3: yeah don't yeah. settle
0: yeah.
1: and if the person does decide to bring someone hopefully that guest doesn't send a thank you text
3: oh my god <laughs> serious <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lindsay I feel like I listened to your episode with tanks where you guys talked about cultivating real happiness for your friends how have mm. you been able to do that and also like have you had similar experiences with your
3: friends now that you are the married one totally i you know before like i got married late in my friend group and before that like all my friends got married in front of me basically and i could not have been happier i was that person hysterically crying <laughs> happy tears when they walked down the aisle like we have like jokes about like Me in their wedding photos hysterical. (laughs) And um, you know, I think it's just it for me, it says a lot about like who these people are to me and like how special our friendships are. But I have never had a problem being happy for a friend. I also think that also has to do with how I feel about myself. Like Mm -hmm. I I always felt kind of like grounded in who I was and what I was doing and like my mission in life. And so I was always able to be happy for friends, and I think it's important to have that like foundation. You know, if you're, if you ever have a friend that's not happy for you, like they're probably not happy for themselves yeah. or with themselves.
0: Okay. Lindsay, before you leave us, could you offer a piece of advice for both single listeners and listeners in a relationship?
3: Oh, separately or one for all? How about both? <laughs> okay. Um, I think the best, advice that i can give is, is advice that i've received which is i'm going to go back to like you want the person that you love to win you want your friends to win you want your partner to win let's stop setting people up to fail let's set them up for success yeah. oh yeah i love that That's and amazing. where
1: can uh, our listeners find you Aside from the podcast, we met at
3: listeners can find uh, can find me wherever they listen to podcasts, and then um, on Instagram at we met at acne or my personal at lind smets. Yay! Awesome. Yay! Thank well, thank you so
0: thank much, you much Lindsay. It was so great getting to know you.
3: Thank you, guys. You too. All
0: right, everybody. Well, this has been another episode of Damsels in the DMS. Until next time.
1: It's going down in the DMS.
0: Bye. Bye.
1: DMs, DMs, we don't need them We just leave them, please
0: It's going down in the DMs Bye
1: Thank you for listening
0: To Believe You can show support to your host By subscribing to the show And giving us a 5 star rating On your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com And search for B-L-E-A-V On YouTube